Today's class is for the Ilui Neshama of Yoav ben Mashiach. Yoav ben Mashiach, Ruach Anonit Nechanu Began Eden, and Yosef ben David, Ruach Anonit Nechanu Began Eden. We find ourselves at the beginning of Parashat Shemini, and the first word of the parasha is. And it was on the eighth day. The eighth day of what? <laughs> After the seventh day of inauguration. Seven days of inauguration, sure, exactly. Yes. So, so the seven days of inauguration began in the second half of Parashat Sav. They began in chapter eight. Correct. So I'm going to step back and summarize for you, or uh, for everyone, for everyone <laughs> who, everything that happened in the inauguration up until now. It's, we haven't done it inside and we're not going to do it inside. I'm going to do a step-by-step summary so that we know uh, exactly what happened so far and what's happening now, and it will give us a more holistic understanding of the whole inauguration process. So starting from chapter 8, Pasuk 1 is the inauguration. God says to Moshe, saying, take Aaron and, and, and Aaron's sons, mm-hmm. take the clothing mm-hmm. of the Kohanim, take the oil of anointing, Take a cow for a khatat and two rams and take a basket of matzot, which will be brought for mincha. Correct. Okay. So we're, we're going to have three korbanot every day of the seven days. According to the Chachamim, everything that we see that happens from chapter 8 till Parshat Shemini that is a process that was to occur every single day the same. for the seven days leading up to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Correct. which was the eighth day. Rosh Chodesh Nisan happened to be the same as the eighth day. So our parasha begins on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Okay? For, so, this, for this reason. What do you mean? That it starts always. Usually it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, definitely, it definitely has that, that element. Okay? Because Nisan is a time of beginnings. And it's the start, the start of the, the new year. So we're inaugurating the Beit Hamikdash, the Mishkan, on the new year. Okay. So what are the korbanot that must be brought every day of the inauguration process? So as we said, there was one cow that was brought for a chatat. Now, if you remember about the chataot, we learned in Parshat Vaikra and in Parshat uh, Tzav, <clears throat> the chataot are typically not cows; they are typically female goats. Yes. Either uh, they're in the family of tzon, actually, so sheep or goats. Okay, so this this is a unique chatat, the fact that it's a cow, which makes sense because it's a unique, it, it's a unique you know, it's a specific, very very specific chatat. Then there are two rams. One is brought as an ola, and one is brought as what's called an el hamiluim. The el hamiluim is a type of korban shelamim. So every day of the process, we're going to bring the three most basic korbanot. There are only three really basic korbanot. Okay? We're going to bring the ola, the we're going to bring the khatat, the khatat and, and then the shilamim. Yes. Now how do you remember the order? Sorry, we're going to bring the khatat, then the ola, then the shilamim. How do you remember the order? The order is the khatat is always, is always brought first. Then the ola is brought after the khatat. And then the shilamim is always brought after them too. That's a closure. Yeah, so you could think of it like this. Chatat cleans away the sins of the past. From yesterday. Right, from yesterday. (laughs) Then the Ola brings a person 
gives the person the right mindset, the mindset of trepidation before God, that is all consumed before God. And then once he has the correct mindset and he's gotten rid of his sins from the past, then you could celebrate. Thank you. Then you could do the shalamim. The shalamim is more celebratory. Okay? So once God tells him to bring these korbanot, Moshe does these things exactly. He gathers the people and he brings Aharon and his sons. And then he dresses Aharon. He, um, he anoints the Mishkan. Then he anoints Aharon. He brings Aharon. He brings Aharon's sons and then he clothes them. So the process was he dresses Aharon. Then he anointed the Mishkan. Then he anointed the Aharon. And then he anointed Aharon himself. Then, then he brings Aharon's sons and he clothes them. Then he brings the Khatat, which he says is the first one. So, now whose Khatat is this? This is for the, everybody. No, no. This is not for everyone. This is only, oh, for, only for Aharon. For Aaron, only this Khatat is one. We'll, we will see. That the, but after it's going to be one that we'll is going to be... That's why I wanted to start with the days of the Miluim leading up to the eighth day. Because on the seven days of the Miluim... They were doing it for everybody. No, no. The seven days of the Miluim, the Korbanot are exclusively for Aaron. Okay. Once you go to the, to the Shemini, the eighth day of the Miluim, which is a special day, they're going to be another set of korbanot brought. One is for Aharon, and the second one will be for, for the, oh, for the, the people. Okay. So in oh, yes, Shemini, yes, correct, 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 yes. in Shemini, you see korbanot that are brought for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So he brings a khatat, but he burns it completely. And why would he burn the khatat completely? We've learned this before. It's it's a hard thing to, to know, but <laughs> but the reason he bring he burns the khatat completely is because it is brought by Aharon. Now the rule we said is that a khatat is eaten by, the flesh of the khatat is eaten by the kohanim. The fats are burned on the mizbeach, Correct. and the flesh is eaten by the kohanim. Except, when, it's for, for them, when for it is for their own khatat. Which makes sense, because yes. if the kohen... eat their own... Uh, right, if the kohen <laughs> is going to be eating the khatat of the people, because they are bringing kapara for the people, yes. when they are the ones who need the kapara, you can't take the meat yourself. Yes. Exactly. Okay? So the kohen takes the meat... Uh, the, the, the Moshe burnt the meat of this khatat in this entire. So, Korban number one, done. Khatat is brought on behalf of Aaron and his sons, That's and it. that one is burnt completely. Now we go to then Moshe brings the Ola, which we mentioned, and then he brings, and the Ola is the same as all Olot because it's burnt completely. Then he brings the Shilamim. The celebratory piece. And, and with this Shilamim that he brings, Thanks. we also see that there is a. There is a... An addition? No, there is um, a shalshelet on the word whenever he does the shakita. Okay. Right? So he does the... He has the, the... The shalshelet always represents a form of hesitation. And the Chachamim say that perhaps he was hesitating because he's in the process of transferring over the leadership to Aaron. It's not easy for Moshe, who until now he had all the, of the jobs the for himself, the to delegate. Exactly. So Moshe, <laughs> so far, has been the Kohen. And in the seven days of the Miluim, Moshe behaves as the Kohen. Right? But this is the final Korban. Correct. This Korban Shalamim After is the final this, one. All in the hands of and, Aaron. And once he brings this Korban Shalamim, starting on the eighth day, Right, this Korban Shalamim is the last one Moshe brings. Correct. Now, eighth day is Aharon's turn. So Aharon brings all those Korbanot. So this is the last, last service Moshe does. So there's a Shalshelet. Because it's the, really the last thing Moshe is going to do as a Kohen. And it's, it's like a Imagine bittersweet how, how feeling for him. It's difficult. Okay? Uh, so Moshe brings the Shalamim. Then he, he takes the blood of the shilamim and he applies it on Aaron's ears and on his thumb and his legs. The Chachamim say that represents listening 
behavior and walking. Meaning you walk in the direction of God, you do things in the direction with the guidance of God, and you listen to the word of God. So that's why he puts the blood on the ear, on the thumb, and on the big toe. Okay? Then Moshe, from this shilamim, shilamim, always typically the, the chest and the thigh go to the, the coin. Okay? The chest and the thigh is the piece of the shilamim that is designated for Kohanim. However, this shilamim, who is the Kohen? Aaron. No, no, no on this shilamim, it's Moshe. Moshe. So on this shilamim, who eats the chest? Moshe. Moshe eats the chest, okay? <laughs> the, See, these are, the last time. <laughs> these are the things that nobody uh, picks up on wow. because people, they don't, they don't learn Sefer Vayikra systematically. So by the time they get up to this part, they already understand none of the korbanot. It's so confusing. Right, right. But if you understand the three korbanot and the basic rules, then, then you understand what's going on. Also in our parasha, in parasha Shemini, there's going to be a piece that's extremely cryptic. Moshe gets angry at Aharon. He burnt the korban. What did he burn a korban? And everybody's like, what is going, what's going on? Why, why is Moshe upset? If you understand the rules of the korbanot, then you could understand why Moshe was upset. Okay. So then, once Moshe has finished eating, or once he takes his portion, he throws the blood of the miluim and the, the oil of anointing on Aharon and on his sons. And then he... Let's see... Um, and then he has them eat the shilamim. Now, which part of the shilamim are they eating? So if, I don't, if, if, if Moshe, Moshe had the, the breast, the breast and, the, and the thigh... It doesn't say thigh, but it, okay, apparently. So then if he didn't say Let's the, say he uh, took the portion of the kohanim. Yes. Then Aaron and his sons are eating... The, the rests. The no, flesh. Yes, the flesh. So typically when a kohan is... The, the shilamim is brought to a this kohan... This is the last time he's there eating this. It seems like the kohan... Maybe if the Kohen brings his own shilamim, that's I guess they eat, yes, right? But here, this is a Kohen, this is a korban shilamim that's brought for Aharon, and Aharon's eating the flesh, but he's not eating the chazet, he's not eating the chest, so it's a unique one. Yes. Okay, maybe the, maybe the first and the then, last time for him, right? And then Moshe says basically that you must remain here for seven days, and for, it seems from there that we we're assuming that is from there that. We know that they did this for seven days, right? So Aaron and his sons then had to remain in the Mishkan for seven days. So basically, to summarize everything, Moshe, besides for the process of dressing them and anointing them with oil and anointing the sons and sprinkling blood on them, the blood of the Shilamim, really there are just three korbanot involved in the daily Miluim service, Correct. the first seven days. The three korbanot were a chatat, in which everything was burnt because it was for the Kohanim. Yes. An ola, which everything was burnt. And a shilamim, with, with, on, with which Moshe took the Kohen's portion and ate that. And that's all we did at the end of Parashat Sav. That's Those are the, the main processes of Parashat Sav. Now going into Shemini, we'll see how things change. Okay, because on the eighth it goes, day... It goes on the hand of Aaron. Now exactly. Aaron on the eighth day, now Aharon will be doing the service. And there are going to be different services... Then the first seven days. So, so eight days is a special day. And now we can study the parasha inside. Perek chapter 9, Pasuk See, we were very worried that because we missed Cholamoyed, no, no, we're good. we wouldn't be able to accomplish and do the end of parasha Tzav. We could, we have to, today, tomorrow. It worked out, it worked out oh, very, very well. Good. And then right. we have Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Moshe le'aron Israel. And there was on the eighth day, Moshe called Aaron and his sons and to the elders of Israel. Take for yourself a 
calf of from cattle for a khatat offering. And a ram for an ola. I guess it means both be of both be pure yes. and bring it before God. Well, yes. Bnei Israel to daber lemor, and also to Israel speak and say, Kehus Ayrizim lechatat, veEgel vacheves Bnei Shanat mimim leola. And the Jewish people, you should say to them that they should bring also a chatat offering, yes. but then on top of that, they should bring a calf and a sheep. Both within their first, first year, year for Ola offerings. And unblesh, unblemish, okay, unblemish, so how many offerings do we have so far? Wow, th- three, no? No. Yes, no, there is a young, there is a, a young bull, a ram. The young bull and the ram are together. No, 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 it's two. Two plus for the people. So far, Aaron is bringing two, and then the people are bringing take Seirizim Lechatat. So it's four. Because it's because also it's a calf and a sheep. Right, so it's five. What do we have four? Two from Aaron, Khatat yes. and Ola. Yes. The Jewish people oh, bring one Ola and they bring and two yes, Khatat. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. Five, correct. Yeah, I didn't see the he got. Sorry, they bring one Khatat and two Olas. Okay. Yes. Now, the people bring one last thing, Pasuk 4. V'shor v'ayl lishlamim lizboach lifnei Adonayim menchabil avashamen ki ayom Adonayim ira alechem. Also an ox... And a ram. So the difference in Egel and a Shor. You know what the difference is? Egel and Shor. Egel is a young calf. Shor is an older. It's, it's like an already, ox. already adult. Right. So calf versus an ox. Okay. So Pasuk 4 says, V'shor v'ayli shlamim, an ox and a ram for a shlamim offering. L'izboach lifnei Adonai, to be offered before God. Bless <coughs> you. It's going to be a recurring theme, these sneezes until the allergy season's <laughs> yeah, over. Okay. You know. <laughs> An ox and a ram for shlamim to be brought before God. offering that is mixed with oil. And why should you bring all these korbanot? Because Hashem is going to show Because on this day, God is going to appear to you. So to summarize the korbanot one more time, just for myself, to be honest. Aaron brings a chatat yes. and an ola. Two yes. korbanot, and that's it. The people, however, bring, bring one chatat. Two olot and two shlamim. So the people are bringing five. So we have a total of seven korbanot. Okay. Wow. Pasuk five. This is each people? Or this is no, I think for, it's Aharon and then the people have together, one. Together, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. representative yeah, of the people. the people, yes. Because Aharon is going to be shown as bringing the khatat of the people. Meaning it was just one yes. that Aharon brought on behalf general of the people. A general yeah. one. Yeah. Pasuk 5. And they took that what Moshe had commanded, they brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and all of the people approached and they stood before God. And Moshe said, This is the matter that God had commanded that you should do, and God will appear to you. Imagine what. What is... Um, wow. Must have been incredible. I'm trying to figure out what's commanded and what's being done. The commandment was the... the, the, what, the all the offerings. So let, let's just read it one more time. Yeah. Just to make sure we understand the beginning perfectly. On the eighth day, Moshe calls to Aaron and his sons and to the elders of Israel. Yeah. Oh, he calls to all of them. Yes. To Aaron, he says, bring your korbanot. To the yes. elders, he yes. says, bring your yes. korbanot. Yes. 
And then at the end he says to them, and this is the matter you should do, and God will appear to you. Now on the seventh pasuk, we assume they brought their korbanot to Moshe. And now Moshe says to Aaron, Vayom Moshe Aaron, Kerav el amizbech, Vaaset chatatecha veet olatecha, Vechaper ba'adcha uvada'am, Vaaset korbana'am, Vechaper ba'adam kashet zivadonai. Okay? So Moshe says to Aaron, Approach the Mizbeach and do your chatat and your ola, your ola, and that should be kapara for you and for the people. Why would the, kap, the ola and the chatat of Aharon be kapara for the people? Because, because they're representatives of the people. Yes. So when they're getting kapara, to a certain extent, they're extensions of the people, and that's a level of kapara for the people. The, amba- the ambassadors. The ambassador. yeah. Okay. And then you should bring the korban of the people and bring kapara for them as God has commanded. Okay, so first we are going to see Aharon bring the khatat and the ola of his own. And we said always the order is khatat then ola, which makes sense because you've got to clear the sins. And then, you, and then you bring, and then you can get closer. Okay? Aaron approaches the Mizbeach and he, he, he slaughters the calf that was khatat that belonged to him. Yes. Then the sons of Aaron, they bring the blood to him. He dips his finger in the blood. He puts it on the corners of the Mizbeach and then the rest of it he poured into the base of the Mizbeach which was a typical way of, of dealing with the blood of these Chata'ot. Okay? I'm just wondering, when they put it in the base, was just sitting there? They had, um, they had some system. Were, this is, they, were, they were out, you know. They were no, no, they, the, had a, they had a system. They had a system of... Um, circulation? Damming the water. But what, in the desert? I don't know in the Mishkan how they did it. In the Mishkan, they may have just let it. They may have just let it go into the ground, into the sand. Into the sand. In the Bitta Mikdash, there was a very. I know there was. There was a system where they had the water, the blood go, and they actually had it funnel into like the grass of a certain field, and it was very good fertilizer or something. So the grass of that field was always extremely fertile. No, all the whole, all of it's Nachal Kidon. It's like thirty something, whatever. I don't know how many kilometers, but it's. So that's where all that area. Okay. But in the in the desert, yeah, let's just assume let's just assume it just got yeah, went into the, the sand. Right. Let's just assume. how much blood? This is you're talking about blood. Blood. <laughs> we're, 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 we're assuming that they sinned. Maybe yes. they didn't sin enough. They didn't do a lot. Ah, of they okay. never had chatal. But still, they, I think they did it every day. Anyhow. Yeah, they, they had. Yeah, yeah they, this was instructed. It was. A, you have to do to yeah. God. Uh, what do you mean? Even even a korban Allah, which korban you have to do twice a day. There's there's what do you do with the blood when you do the shachita? Okay. Pasuk yud. Now, so again, we're, we're still in the process of bringing the chatat, okay? So, v'tachele, v'tachelayot, 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 the fats yes. are burnt on the mizbeach, yes. okay? And this is the description of the fats, the fat and the kidneys and the diaphragm that's above uh, the liver, right? <clears throat> From the chatat, he burnt on the Mizbeach, as God had commanded Moshe. And the flesh and the skin was burnt outside the camp. Now, now, if you know korbanot, if you know korbanot, then you know that, is that typical of chataot or is that a... No, no a, because the skin, they have to give it to the... No, no, no. So the skin of Ola goes to the yes. Kohanim. Oh, okay. okay. Not the chatat. Not the chatat. The chatat is actually more than the skin going to the Kohanim. The flesh is typically eaten by the Kohanim. Yeah, but not... 
Okay. So why is this khatat not being because, eaten by the Kwanim? Is it because the first one? No, it's because it belongs to the Kwanim. Oh, okay. Remember we said remember we said the rule of khataot are yes, if it's, you're right. If it's for if them, it's for the khat, if it's for the Kohen, yes, then it has to be burnt. Then it has to be burnt completely because the Kohen is not going yeah, to the eat. The next one, the next one which is for the people, right. then is Right, exactly. So the khatat that's for the, the Kohen, the Kohen won't eat what's bringing kapara for himself. If right. it's kapara for the people, then he, has to then he could eat it. Correct. But if it's for himself, he doesn't eat the flesh. So this first korban khatat, the first of the seven korbanat that we're doing, is for the Kohen. It's completely burnt. Yeah, so now, the when the khatat is completely burnt, because, it, because it's an atypical burning. It's not the typical burning. So you don't burn... It's not the usual. You don't, you don't usually burn khata'ot, mm -hmm. right? So you don't burn it on the Mizbeach. So in order to make a distinction. I, something like that. Now, now uh, when the khata'ot is burnt, it's burnt including the hide. Meaning it's burnt even yeah, more than the olah. Yes, yes, and this is something yes. we've spoken about in the past. Okay. So we've done one of seven. I think tomorrow, Bezor Hashem, we continue with the khata'ot. And then now that you know the background... Uh, we, sorry, tomorrow we do the olah, okay? so confusing to get all the names. Um, but now that you know the system, now that you know that Aharon's own khatat was completely burnt, we're going to have to see what happened to the khatat of the people. Because the khatat of the people, the expectation is going to be that who is going to eat it? The, uh, the Aharon and the yes, Kohanim. Yes. And let's see if that happens. Okay, because that becomes a big uh, thing in our parasha. Oh,